G'day everyone, for those who came in late, you're listening to Expand, the Phantom Podcast. This is episode 131, October 2019 Comics and News. My name is Dan and I'm joined today by Jermaine. How are you, Jermaine? Hot. It's hot. <laughs> Give yourself a wrap, mate. Oh, are we talking about myself? Or... <laughs> no, 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 um, no, I'm good. Uh, we've got our first hot day of the year. 36, 36 degrees in the uh, middle of spring. So, well, yeah. we, we're all just glad that you've put a shirt on for us, so we appreciate that. I mean, one, one thing that summer's coming. Well, I didn't know whether what type of clientele we were going for, so I thought I'd better just play it safe. <laughs> and surprisingly, um, back from his overseas sojourn, uh, we're joined by Stephen. How are you, Steve? Welcome back. Uh- um, very well, thank you. It's, it's great to be back, Dan and, and Jermaine. And it's not 36 degrees here; it's uh, more, more clo- probably closer to six degrees, I think. What's that around? Are you wearing your PJs? Yeah, well, it's 9:30 over here. <laughs> it's like daylight saving. As soon as I'm finished here, it's off to bed. <laughs> so, so anyone checking out the podcast today on YouTube can get a. Um, we put Jermaine in a shirt just for you. Um, I'm also wearing a Phantom shirt. Um, even it, it is quite warm up here as well in in Queensland. Um, and uh, you'll have to go to YouTube to see exactly what manner of uh, jammies uh, Steve's wearing. And, and are you in the back of a car? I am. I've, we, we recently bought a new car. Um, first time I've ever bought a, a new car off the. Uh, well, off, the, off the floor, and I, I must say the the back seat of a Subaru Outback is uh is quite spacious, and um <laughs> it's got more room than the front seat of a Toyota Corolla. There you go. All right. Well, hopefully it's not as comfortable, and you won't fall asleep on us tonight. <laughs> I'll do my best. Very quickly, um, while we 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 did mention you you being overseas, can you give us a quick rundown of visiting lightning strikes? We can't we can't uh, give this. We know we've we've uh, read an article on uh, chroniclechamber.com that you penned for us while you were over there. But can you give us a quick insight into your afternoon visiting lightning strike comic books? Um, yeah, it was. Oh, it was blinking a missile type thing. Um. I I found where they were for starters, um, and oh, one one thing about Ireland is it's very like pokey. Lots of streets running off everywhere, and um, but but I found um, I found where lightning strikes are, which are they're within a college, um, so um, they they actually teach you know graphic design and and all that sort of uh, stuff to students, and they've only just started their their school. Oh, it was a couple of months ago now. Um, they just started their school year, so that so they were pretty flat out, and um, yeah, got into yeah, got down the corridor and, and into the into their office, and um, I really wish I took photos, but it was just it was blinking and missed type we thing. You that I'm all the way to Ireland, you couldn't photos for us. What's that? We sent you all the way to Ireland. Yeah, I didn't take, take a stinking photo. 
Did you yeah. know we actually had someone who seriously thought that we actually sent you? Oh, really? Um, yeah. I don't know. They must have thought we got some really good paying Patreons. Just for the record, we, Chronicle Chamber, did not send no, you to Ireland. I have a day job and uh, they sent me to Ireland, which was awesome. But I, I, I was able to get to Ireland a couple of days before um, the, the pilgrimage started. So on the, on the day before the, the pilgrimage started, so on a Tuesday, um, yep, I, I was able to get over to Lightning Strike and and meet the team there. Um, so there was, oh, there ended up being three in there. I can't remember the, the girl's name, but there was, um, um, Owen, Owen. Yep. And I can't remember David. the other guy. Was it David? It could have been. Um, yeah, and the, the messages and the, you know, when we're doing a podcast and things are going ding, things are going ding the whole time. He was flat out. Um, but the the original artwork for I think for Lightning Strikes One, the one where the the painted phantom on on the horse on the hero, yes, um, yeah, they've got that sitting up oh, sitting up on a wall. Ah, oh, there's a the the I thought, I've, not, I've seen that picture before. Um, and they got a sav, uh, was this yeah Saviuk, but that wasn't a phantom Saviuk, it was a, a marble, and yeah, Sir Barry up in the the back wall that print of the of uh knocking the bag off on the docks and yeah and the the passion that they spoke with for the character uh, yeah oh, hopefully that was coming through in my article but um yeah they're, they're really trying to do tr- trying to do their best uh with the character and um yeah and hopefully we can we can all read their um read their stuff soon or oh, have you guys already got your four i haven't got mine yet no uh, um yeah, we'll talk about that. Or should we just go straight into that one? Or should we wait? Should we follow the... Um, no, we'll follow the run sheet. We'll come back to it. And uh, yeah, well, Stephen visiting Ireland, it wasn't on the run sheet at all. And I only just remembered it when we started talking to him. So while Jermaine <laughs> waves his kids away... What is on um, the run sheet? Hey? It was on the run sheet. Stephen visiting Ireland? Oh, no, that wasn't. No. <laughs> what are you talking about? The, the... No, lightning strikes. Sorry, anyway. my kids are um, yes. in the background. While, uh, while Jermaine waves his children away, um, Steve, in our last episode 130, we did a bit of a Sophie's Choice. We talked, we talked about those five or six topics, um, the which would you sort of thing. Um, you've said that you'd like a uh, right of reply uh, to those or, or you'd like to chirp, chirp in and you refuse to comment in our social media posts. So uh, what... Yep. <laughs> uh, I will. I'll set the the timer. Um, we yep. we had five minutes. Uh, did we? We had five minutes. Ten minutes total for each topic, didn't we? If I remember rightly. Yeah. I, ten I can't total. be concise, and you just I just need one minute per topic. I reckon. I reckon we give you nice and quick. Sorry. I think we give you one minute to cover the lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you All want, right. You ready? Your time. If you want longer, you can join the podcast. <laughs> your, your time starts now. <laughs> Go. Well, the questions. You got to give me a question. Oh, yeah, I, I thought you had them all sitting there. <laughs> Color versus black and white. <laughs> How organised you think I am? What was that? Color versus black and white. Uh, black and white, um, mainly because um, I can live without the, seeing the comic in colour. But I'd rather a black and white comic than no comic at all. Okay, fair enough. Um, Fru versus Egmont. Fru. 
And my reason for this, because I, I was listening to you guys on, um, as I was driving the other day, but the way I see Sophie's choice is you've always, um, you've had Egmont in the past, but now you no longer have access to any Egmont in the future. You've still got the memories of Egmont. No, so it, all those stories still exist. No, no, no. Don't that interrupt exist. me, Jermaine. Just, <laughs> no, don't, don't interrupt. This is my one minute. Um, so through still have access to all the Egmont stuff that's already come in the past, and so they can still publish that. So I'm going with fruit. Well, that's not how we argued it. But anyway, your time's running out. So I know, I know, but that's why that's why I was arguing it back to you guys while I was listening to it. <laughs> um, dailies versus Sundays. Dailies. Because um, I like your argument about that's what you got the original art of. And seeing as Duncan just picked up a bit of his original art for, for me and it's a daily, I'm going with dailies. But also there's more of them and, yeah, I'm just going with that. Cool. Um, Ray Moore versus Wilson McCoy. Ray Moore. And I'm in the yeah. same boat. But nowadays, I'd go Ray Moore yeah, in a heartbeat. Okay. And in terms of purchasing collectibles, do you prefer uh, eBay or um, Gumtree or your online classified type sites? Um, I've never got anything off Gumtree. I've got very little off eBay. The buy stop itself, things are pretty good off Facebook. But probably if it was either eBay or Gumtree, I'd probably go eBay. Okay. Fair there was a, a, a surprise sixth topic too. Do you remember what that was, Jim? Yeah, that was uh, Fruit Publisher. Oh, the Fruit Crew. Because every time, and I think you mentioned this, Dan, and I had, and that's what I was thinking at the same time. Everyone gets better. The, the next one always gets better. Yep. So like you're standing on the shoulders of giants. So, um, you know, if we're doing this another 50 years' time and we've got another publisher, I'll probably oh. save them. All right, very good. Well, and well not done. Discounting anything that's come before. <laughs> all right, you covered all six of them in less than three minutes, so well done. Hey, half the time I thought it was going to take. <laughs> all right. Um, to you, yeah. Time to move even on, even though. if you change the rules halfway through. What was that? <laughs> that's even right. though you changed the rules halfway through. No, yeah. no, I, I meant to set the rules up at the start. <laughs> I, I well, you can't change the rules from what we established the rules were a podcast ago. <laughs> well, if I was on the podcast, I would have rearranged the rules back then. <laughs> well, bad luck. <laughs> All right. Let's charge in now to the actual... Yeah, we're not going to that now. Okay. Let, let's charge into the news uh, from October 2019. And the big one is, and the, well, for me, the big one is the one I'm very excited about at the moment is uh, Billy Zane coming to Supernova. It's only a week away as we speak um, in terms of... So we're recording this on a Sunday night. It's only actually five days uh, before he mm. appears in Adelaide. May well be in the country right now. We don't know. We don't have the Chronicle Chamber reporters to just camp out at every international airport in Australia, unfortunately. Um, if we did, we would have someone on the ground, but we don't. Uh, but it's only five days as it stands till Billy Zane is going to make his appearance in Adelaide at Supernova. And then a week after that, he's going to be in Brisbane, which is what I'm excited about because that's where um, I'm going to see him. We have had a bit of news about uh, what Fru's doing. Um, and they have put out, uh, they're putting out a, uh, a, a special issue 
of um, of the regular comic. Um, it's eighteen fifty two, I think. Is it going to be eighteen fifty three? Yes, eighteen fifty two. Eighteen fifty two. Uh, and uh, if you go on Facebook or on Fru's website, you'll see the cover. It's a Glenn Lumsden um, portrayal of Billy Zane as the Phantom. Um, there's two copies of the, or two versions of the comic that are going to be on sale. The regular newsstand issue that has, um, I guess, uh, the Skyband story in colour in the background. We should say that the entire story is going to be full colour, coloured by Ivan Peterson, which is fantastic because the last time we saw it, it was in black and white. And while that's good enough for you and me, and I think you too, Jim, um, you said colour, uh, mm-hmm. black and white. Um, the colour version is going to be there for us to compare to. Um, and there's also going to be that Supernova special cover, which is the same Glenn Lubston issue image, um, but against a black background, which is going to be, um, I guess, easier or, or nicer for Billy Zane to to sign. Um, yep. So so that's the news from Fru. It's um, good that they're doing it. Black texture. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do hope he's got a white texture or a, or a gold marker or, or something a like that. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm sure it will. I'm sure. Um, it but will. it's it's brilliant that Fru is doing this. Um, just, just because it's you know it, it's cashing in. Major, a lot of people will be now going to buy the comic to get signed by uh, by um, Zane, and that means more sales for free, which everyone benefits. I guess. And, uh, and the the black issue really pops, I reckon. The the image on the on the black background really pops out. Yeah, it does. Yeah, having seen the two, I probably do prefer that actually as a, as the yeah, a, as the cover. Um, yeah. So I'll certainly be looking to get one each of those. Not sure that that's what I'm going to because um, signature series wise, uh, for those who are interested, obviously Glenn Lumsden as the artist will sign this. Lots of questions as to whether Billy Zane will be signing the signature series uh, for through. The answer is a is a very expensive no. Um, because um, it was certainly at Supernova, Billy's charging $70 per autograph. And, uh, Is it 70 or 60 70 uh, yeah. As someone who has purchased said autograph tickets, I can tell you for a fact it's $70 <laughs> uh, per ticket. So uh, yeah. it's pretty pricey and, and it, uh, certainly doesn't fit within the Signature Series budget. Um, mm, at no. $70, is that if you're spending $70 on a Billy Zane signature, yeah. is that the item that you want to get signed? I don't know. I'm not getting one, um, mainly because I won't be there and um, my hot water bottle just blew up. Um, so that's going to be a, a two grand exercise, getting in the hot water. Right. Because I can't, can't let the family uh, have cold showers forever while I right. get a Billy Zane fan on. Um, <laughs> but no, so it probably wouldn't be my first choice. But to be honest, I probably, if I was going, I would probably get that as well because. You could, in a sense, you could get Billy to sign it, Glenn Lumsden to sign it, and Jeremy McPherson to sign it as well. So Can you just explain a, why a you'd get Jeremy McPherson to sign it? With, because he's doing a short story inside the comic as well. Hmm. He's doing a story with um, uh, with um, Philip Madden, who's the Egmont artist. Okay, so you so you would get Billy to sign. If I, yep, I would probably get it. I would get that. So then that way, then I would also get Glum, Glenn, Glum, Glenn, Lumsden. Jeremy, and even even, um, even Philip as well, because that would be cool to have multiple signatures on the one comic. Yeah, sure. And there's a lot of black space to uh, to facilitate that. So mm. yeah, um, I'm. St- 
still in two minds. I'm, I'm unlikely, to be honest, to get that. Oh, I was going to grab that. Um, I'm unlikely to, to get that signed because um, I do have other things that I want to get signed. Um, and $70 for, you know, you've got to be very thoughtful about that. And I'm also keen to make sure that I'm value-adding to, to whatever yeah. I get signed to. So um, something, something that no one else is obviously going to kind of get. Is that what you're thinking? That's what I'm hoping. And, and also, so, yeah, that, that's, that's the basic plan. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so at this stage, um, something that I don't reckon anyone else would get signed um, is my copy of 1146. Um, through 1146, The Disappearance of Prince Rex. I'm just holding that up for Jermaine and Steve to see that one. I reckon I might get this one signed. Any thoughts why? Uh, I think there's an advert. Why would you? (laughs) I think there's an advert in the back or something like that. On the back cover there is. There's an advert. Oh, there we go. (laughs) Uh, On the back there's the ad for uh, through 1147, uh, which to be frank, obviously is probably far more likely yeah. to be the comic that I get signed. And I was very pleased when I dug this out, actually. I was worried that uh, collecting back uh, in 1996 when I was, what, 19, I might not have kept it in pristine condition, but it's actually in pretty good nick. So mm. I'm pretty happy with that. I was worried it might have been a bit more thumbed through and a bit more red. Um, I, think so, yeah. that's, I think that's probably going to be a very popular choice. And I think it's a good choice because it's actually a picture, a photo from the movie. Yeah. It was yeah. my and first it, choice straight away. Mm. Yeah, and, it, and it's probably a bit of a shame that uh, Fru uh, were unable to to be able to not replicate that because you wouldn't want an exact replica of that, but uh, it's a shame that Fru weren't able to, to maybe get a, a photo image of Billy Zane for the cover. I mean, the Glenn Lumsden picture is, is very nice, um, but I think it would have been probably more appropriate to get a, a still yeah. from the movie. Yep. All right. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, no, I'm not going to show you the other thing I'm going to get signed. I'll show you after yep. it's done. I think that's fair Surprise enough. Surprise us. Yeah. Yep. Okay, um, the uh, next thing we want to talk about is uh, some of the new products that are available from um, uh, around the, the world of the Phantom. And we're going to start, Jermaine, I want you to fill us in on the uh, Selvaludo prints that he's taking to Luca, uh, Luca Comics yep. and um, Games Convention in Italy. Um, that's this weekend. It opens today, actually. Or, uh, uh, no, Wednesday. Wednesday coming. So it's, uh, it's coming as well. Probably so by Jermaine, the time this goes out, it will be... So over the end of <laughs> over the end of October, start of November. So yeah. can you fill us in a bit on the uh, the Luca prints that are coming? Okay. Well, all the details are on the website, on the social media. Um, basically, Sal Valudo and his colorist and uh, close friend, um, uh, Eugenio Max Mazzaroni. I'll just guess that. Um, they're doing some prints that are based on some covers that Sal has done. Uh, through Cell and Chronicle Chamber, we are bringing in 20 um, for people to purchase. Uh, at the time of recording, we have two copies left. Uh, um, so if you're still interested and you've been umming and ahhing, there's two copies left and basically first in, first dressed. Um, all of the examples are on the website. There's videos, there's photos, there's stuff on social media. So just go and have a look at that. It's pretty cool that we get to do it as we get to help sell as Chronicle Chamber. Hmm. Yep. And, and obviously the first time we've been able to do something hmm. like this. Um, so it's a bit of a trial run for us. Um, in case people are, are worried about um, us profiteering on, on the contacts we've been able to make, we're absolutely not doing that. It's uh, an absolute cost price for us to get these. Um, we're paying exactly what 
sell is, and Eugenio are selling them for at Luca. Uh, we're paying full postage to get them over to Australia. Um, and uh, we're, we're only asking that we get those costs covered for, for the fans who are purchasing yep. our office. And the $85 and includes dollars. shipping to Australia as well. Yeah. Because we don't like being charged something and then having to pay shipping on top. So we're doing the total including shipping. Yeah, so that's $85 to your door. Um, from, from sales hand to your door. Yeah. Jeez, we're good blokes. You better believe it. <laughs> we, have our, we have our moments. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, All some, right. there's some other cool stuff coming up as well. There is, um, and, and that's Jermaine's subtle way of reminding me that I'm supposed to speed through this far faster than um, I wanted to. <laughs> um, so very quickly then, um, the, the, the Brazilian items from Ludi that you've um, discovered and written an article on, Jim. Oh, yes. Um, so there's three that, that they've released. There is a pillow, which I probably like the most, the pillow. Um, a travel oh, mug, yeah. and then and then there's like a coffee mug, which we've all seen. Now um, they're all using the same imagery, which is Cyberry image images from the '90s, I believe it is, in color. Um, they're pretty cool. I, uh, they're about twenty to twenty-five dollars Australian, but with Brazil, you do postage is a killer. Um, so we do go into all those details. We uh, on the website, in the article, we kind of give you the ways that you can purchase it. Probably your best bet is to hit up a Brazilian fan, give them some money, and, and see if they can find something for you. Um, yep. Once you ship it all over, I would probably recommend you you budget about double of what we said. So if you want one of each, it's probably going to cost you maybe a hundred, you know, maybe a hundred and twenty dollars. So it's not cheap, but they do look nice. Mm. Uh, all right, are you getting them? I'll probably will be getting them eventually, but I'm in no hurry to get them. And I probably like the pillow the best. Okay. All right. Steve? Yeah, I'm just checking them out now. They, they look really good. Um, mm, yeah, they but do. Yeah, as, mu as much as I'd like to get them, um, I'm not in a position to get one at the moment. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. Which one do um, you like the most? Um, what's that thing on the left? Is it? Oh, it's a coffee sippy cup. Um, I do like the cups. Yeah. But the mug's very good too. Mm. Yeah, I, I probably like the coffee yeah, mug most myself. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, the next thing is uh, Pod 66 have released a new range of fandom merchandise. Now, Pod 66 is a uh, English uh, concern uh, coming out of the United Kingdom, um, and they've got a huge range, really, of shirts, um, um, uh, hoodies, jackets, T-shirts, uh, I mentioned those, singlets, uh, a really big range for men, women, and children, different sizes. And um, uh, off the top of my head, I think it might have been 16 or even 18 different designs as well. Mm. Um, so that's, um, that, that, that's a massive thing to have, have just come out. Have you guys had a chance to check those out? Um, I think when you released it, I was in Bali at the time, so I had a quick look. Um, but no, I probably won't be getting any of that. The problem that I have with those and the things that I like about the Brazilian stuff is that everything's same, same. All the designs are the same and I'm oh, just a little bit over it. But if they bring out something new, I might be more interested. Oh, I'd probably encourage you to go back and have another look then because I thought there was a really good, like 18 different designs. And yeah, some of those are the, the same ones we've seen before. But um, there were some there that, uh, that certainly haven't been in publication or production for a long, long time, if, if ever. So... 
Um, yeah, certainly, I'd encourage people to go and have a look. Look, I, up front, I'm probably not going to be getting any of those. Um, just the, the the cost, you know, the the dollar versus the euro or the, the British pound as it is. And then the... Yeah, um, I can tell you firsthand how shocking that is. Yeah, right. Um, and, then, and then obviously shipping as well. So... Um, yeah, it's probably a bit out of my range at the moment, but um, they did have free shipping for over a certain amount, though, didn't they? Oh, that's right, they did too. And and, and actually, the price of the shirts now, I remember the price of the shirts, and uh, you only had to buy two things, and suddenly we're into the free shipping uh market because of the, the price yeah. of them. So, uh, yeah, so uh, look, I'd love to hear from anyone who does go and purchase anything from Pod 66 uh, and let us know. Um, in the research for the article too, I sort of found out that they're pretty small concern in terms of the mm. business and the business model. So looked like it might have been a little bit print on demand and and I could only find uh, one staff member at the company who owned it and, and rent seems to be running the whole thing. So uh, yeah, I'd be I'd be very interested in seeing uh, in seeing the the look of them. Um, but at this stage, uh, it doesn't look like we're going to be doing a video review on them anytime soon. No. All right, uh, and the final thing that uh, we've got listed here is some more of um, Guy Passant, uh, the cards that he has been releasing um, periodically, probably over the last two years, I'd say. Um, Phantom cards, his coloured versions of um, Wilson Coy and Ray Moore artwork. Uh, Jermaine, I know that you did buy some of these. Um, what, what were your thoughts? Um, he's always got a high, a high quality to his work. Um, there was, oh, which one was it? I think the tiger one from memory was probably one of my more favorite ones. Um, just because I like the textures and I like the, the work of the tiger and stuff like that. Is that it? Yeah. That was probably one of my favorite ones. I think he's, yeah, today or yesterday he's just announced a new Christmas set as well. So for, you know, if you're still listening and you haven't made up your mind yet, yeah. check it he does uh, very good work on the back. Uh, they are quite nice. You can get some crisp. Yeah. The thing um, that I probably like the most about his work is the level of detail. Like, just hold up the back again, Dan. Just talk so people can see yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. No, remember it records all of them. Yeah. It's a bugbear oh, of yours. Yeah. <laughs> remember that? <laughs> but, yeah. Um, so, the, yeah, the thing that I like about that is that it shows up. Uh, he's got detail. He's got the level of care, the level and and stuff on it, which I think shows that it, that he's still got a passion for it, which I think's good. absolutely. And there there was uh, first time he's released an Italian set as well, and and they by time yeah. I should have checked that these are all held up the right way, but uh, coloured in red this time and colour on the back as well. And uh, yeah, the the set of Christmas cards that are that are coming as well. He, he does like those. So not that I'm sure that anyone is going to um, probably post them off to anybody, um, but the, the they certainly look good as decorations around the house at that time of year. It's a great excuse to bring uh, bring some fan stuff uh, out into the family room. Um, here's uh, here's one that I got last year. So, uh, <laughs> be looking to to get those out again. Um, and and also, and I know I'm, I'm probably just showing off a little bit here, but I'm showing off Guy's work, which is important. Um, this is a really cool large card, which is the Oath of the Phantom, uh, very glossy yeah. as you can see, and on the back, um, the Oath of the Skull. So um, so he, he does some brilliant work, on, and I personally am a massive fan, and uh, uh, I think I've probably got one each of everything that he's produced so far, and, and we'll probably continue that way. Yep. 
Uh, in terms of how you get those, there's a Facebook group you can go to. For those who came in late is the name of the, the site. So just uh, do a, a, a Facebook search for, for those who came in late and you'll, you'll find that pretty easily. All right, so that pretty well covers all of the, the new things that we wanted to talk about, um, which are all things that have us very, very excited, of course. Um, unfortunately, there's been some, some sad news about the health of um, two of the three creators, I guess, of the newspaper strip at the moment uh, in Mike Manley, the artist of the dailies, and uh, Tony, Tony DePaul, who, of course, writes both the, uh, the daily and the Sunday. So I think that both Tony and Mike have, have got a very uh, stiff upper lip, certainly in public at the moment. Um, just, to, just to detail those a little bit, not going to go into to great um, details about their, their personal situation, but Mike has spent the last uh, three to four days, maybe a week in hospital um, with a staph infection in his leg, and we all know that that can be quite oh. serious. It seems like he's on the mend, but, uh, yeah. um, you know, I, we've all heard, I think, uh, pretty bad stories about people who pick up staph infections and uh, so he seems to be on the mend um, and has, was working in hospital the whole time um, and, and that's well documented on Facebook if you want to go and uh, follow him there and, and check out what he's been posting. Uh, Tony DePaul. I wasn't, I wasn't aware of that one. <laughs> I was actually wondering yeah, what was going on because I haven't been on Facebook. Yeah, right. Okay, so um, yeah, go, go and uh, check that out and, and give Mike a, uh, a like and some thumbs up and, and uh, you know, Wish him all the best because uh, he certainly has been appreciating the, those kind mm. comments. Uh, Tony DePaul is not on Facebook, um, and so the reason, the way that we found out though about his journey at the moment is uh, via his blog uh, on the Nichols of the Man, the, the website that he runs there and, and posts on periodically. It's mostly been about his motorbike journeys over the last uh, six to twelve months or so, but um, just recently he's uh, published there the fact that he's been diagnosed with lymphatic cancer. And uh, and has been telling and sharing a little bit about um, his journey to recovery there as well. And um, it does I don't know how closely you've been following the blog, guys, but it does sound like it probably uh, was more serious than he'd hoped when he was first diagnosed. Um, and so anyway, he's uh, he's getting chemo and 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 going through treatment and all the rest of it. And so of course we wish the the very best to Tony and to Mike um, in in their. Uh, recovery back to full health exactly yep Absolutely. very good very good all right well not much more that we can say about those um other than to hope that uh we we have really good news about those things mm. in the future so that brings us then to the the next thing that we want to talk about which is uh the news from the various publishers now we've already touched on lightning strikes and and Stephen um going over there and see seeing the the production over there firsthand um but we've got some news in terms of the way that the books are finally coming out um jermaine you you probably got your finger on the pulse with this one as someone who's got the orders in and is sweating on the uh um the, the tracking numbers can you can you give us a bit of information about where lightning strikes are at the moment Okay, so as of time of recording, we have confirmation that there has been some people from Europe that have actually received their full orders. And uh, this includes issues three and four, uh, but mainly issues one and two, which is the people that have originally ordered. Um, we do have word that uh, Phantom's Vault does have issues one and two, as well as issues three and four. And we also believe that some of the issues that Phantom's Vault are getting in will be signed as well. Um, so they've arrived. Phantom Salt has actually got no, those. No, in. they're on their way. Right. Okay. But the ones that have arrived are in Europe, which is obviously a little bit closer 
to Ireland than what Australia is. Okay. I think I think it has to go around the world twice before it's allowed to land in Australia. Mm. But uh, you I'm have had one. Yeah. So issues. So issues. The issues ones that we've got, like the three of us, they were from America, and then the issues two uh, were the ones that Jamie Johnson brought from Supernova. Um, so that a majority of people didn't have issues one or two. So that all those orders have been fulfilled, and people should be receiving their tracking numbers. Oops, excuse me. Now it's my turn. Um, <laughs> And, and stuff like that and then issues three and four which uh owen recommends that um uh that you do order through someone like fans vault because you probably will get it a lot quicker hmm. um, that, that said you have actually cited uh issues three and four yes. haven't you you've, you've held them yes. yeah i've held them so they do exist uh we ran a competition for those who came in late uh and i think it was ryan um, has received them and has read them and has enjoyed them. Um, so, yeah, so we basically, Owen sent us a copy so he can prove that they do exist. We've flashed them on Facebook and, and then we gave them away as well, which is what we're part of. We don't keep stuff like that for ourselves. We give it back away. See, and I went all the way up to Ireland and I still didn't get that chance to hold them. <laughs> 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 I still didn't see one in the flesh. Uh, oh dear, uh, the things you've got to do. That's it. But no, but it's a bit of a um it's a bit of a bummer that it's taken so long, but I guess they are coming out. Um we will do a podcast on all four and we're gonna wait until they become available on Phantom's Vault so that way everyone has had a chance to order them, read them before we do our podcast. Yeah. Yeah, very good. All right, other th- another thing that is, I guess, uh, hotly anticipated and we've been waiting on for a long time now is the uh, Hermes Press news, and that's the, the JFK trade paperback. Uh, what's the news there? Uh, well, we've seen the cover, um, and then we've received word that uh, the trade paperback will be released in December, and then we've also... Just in time for Christmas. Exactly. And I've also received word that if you had pre-ordered issue two, because originally it was going to be four issues, and so they released one, and then there was going to be the second one that you could pre-order, which was, that was better. Um, <laughs> if you... <laughs> no, that's issue one. We've already got issue one, Stephen. Um, <laughs> so if you pre-ordered issue two, uh, you will get the trade paperback for free. Um, so that so pre-order means that you've paid for it and you've been waiting for it. So um, so that's that's, oh. that's that's good news for those who have pre-ordered. Um, for the rest of us, I didn't pre-order. Um, you're just going to have to pay for it. Yep, yep. And uh, if you've got a, a local comic shop, I'd recommend uh, putting the order in there. Um, yes. I've certainly done that, and uh, that's probably the most reliable way. Without, uh, oh, I suppose you could go to Amazon or whatever as it comes out, but um, yeah. Personally, I prefer to be able to go to a bricks and mortar and, and pick that one up just because of uh, yeah. uh, the way Hermes Press have been. It seems to be the most reliable way for me to to pick up a yeah. copy. And you also support your local comic book shop. Most local comic book shops are uh, run by small businesses. It's always good to support your small uh, a local small business as well. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. My shop's just recently moved too. Well, there you go. It's close to home now. Oh, well, that's good thing. <laughs> All right. Means you can go there more often. <laughs> <laughs>
drop more of the hard earned. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of closer to home, or in fact, the exact opposite of that for Australians. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, it's a tough segue, but you guys are giving me nothing. Um, <laughs> um, this, is a, this is a bit of news that, as we speak, has not been posted. Sorry, I missed all that. Because um, I'm going to talk over the top of you because we're in a hurry. Um, so it's, it's going live tomorrow as we talk. So the time this goes out, it will be live. Right. So what we're talking about is a, uh, a web post that is going to be, uh, as we speak, is not on um, chroniclechamber.com, but will be in the very near future so hopefully we'll be by the time you listen to this um and that is uh, big news that the fandom is being published again in a country we've seen it being published in before but not for over two decades um mm. so a lot similar i guess to the fandom's return to brazil which we've seen in the last 12 months or so via mythos um we're seeing the fandom return to a european country in this instance and that would be hungry um once again yes. germ you've had your finger on the pulse with this one so what's the news Okay, so, yeah, well, it looks like they're hungry for more phantoms, so they're bringing it out, uh, boom tish. Um, See, that's, that's how I led you into a segue. <laughs> it's way easier to do. <laughs> um, but, no, in all, all seriousness, we've <clears throat> some people want to focus on the fact that the Phantom magazine is closed. I would rather focus on the fact that now they've got a better product. Now we've also seen the Phantom come in Spain in the last two years. We've seen the Phantom come back to Brazil this year, and now we've also seen the Phantom come back to Hungary as well. So I think it's brilliant news that we're getting the Phantom is coming back. Uh, this is uh, one of their leading comics uh, titles that's been in published oh, probably for the past 30 years, I believe, this, com- this magazine's been around for in different forms. Um, I mean, and the publisher. Yeah, the publisher in different forms. Uh, they're going to <laughs> newspaper stories and also uh, Phantom Men, uh, Team Phantom Men stories as well. Um, this is this is more interesting actually. I'm watching Stephen blow his nose. <laughs> um, so yes, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's really good news to be able to have the Phantom coming back to a country that we haven't seen for a while. So what, um, what sort of commitment have they given so far um, in terms of the, the, the numbers of Phantom stories per year, um, how long they plan on that? Because as you okay. say, the, the, the publisher has been continuous, but they've stepped out of the Phantom universe. So well, Yeah, so this, is a different, so this is a different Phantom publisher, although it used to publish it, but these, this magazine or this publisher has been around for like 30, 40 years, mm-hmm. and then they bring in new titles ever so often. So they've brought in ones like Modesty Blaze, Rick Kirby, Rick Kirby and some other well-known ones in Europe ones as well. So it's, it's um, I guess it's, it's going to tell, uh, the numbers are going to decide whether it's a continual thing or not. Probably the best way to describe it is it's almost like a comics review magazine, um, okay. which is the US one, which brings out different, comics from around the world um and it targets those who like newspaper styles comics all right and so, as someone as someone yep. who's got probably as much reach as anybody germ what's your what's <laughs> what's your approach in terms of getting yourself a copy because i know you're going to want a copy of this book yeah so i've actually do you have me, mates in hungary yeah me personally i've got someone <laughs> over there that's actually getting me a, a couple of copies of every issue 
for the common Joe or the common Dan, um, you're pro there is a subscription link in the article. Um, so that's probably your best bet. Uh, now, they, they include shipping for, um, uh, for Hungary, but I'm not sure what the shipping rate for the subscription is for, um, uh, for overseas. Okay. All right, cool. All right. Well, um, on that note, um, that's, I think, the last of the, the big news that we've got um, uh, for October, and we look forward to seeing what eventuates in November. Um, just to recap on those, I think we can probably say that in the next uh, two or three podcasts, we'll have some recordings um, of Billy Zane at Supernova, and hopefully we'll be able to review um, some of those uh, lightning strike and uh, maybe even the Hungarian comics as they come through. Uh, I'll touch back on that in a moment. This is, of course, the time where we would uh, uh, have our monkey mail uh, segment. Um, but unfortunately, no one has sent in a, a monkey mail question this this month. Um, so if you've got one, make sure that you send it through to us uh, via our email. It's probably the, the most reliable way, chronicle at gmail.com. All right, that said, we need to move on to reviewing some comics. And I just talked about those, um, those you know, the Hungarian, the Brazilian, the Hermes Press and that sort of stuff. Uh, we would particularly like it if there, we have Norwegian listeners, uh, Hungarian listeners or Brazilian listeners um, who would like to review their nation's comics for us. Um, we're about to enjoy Michael Lick's uh, reviews of the Team Fantelman stories that come out via Sweden. Um, and we really appreciate him doing that. If you're listening to this and you're in Norway or Hungary or Brazil and you'd like to contribute, please get in touch with us. Uh, we'd love to include your, your audio reviews um, or video reviews in the podcast. Um, that would be fantastic. Um, Jermaine, you might have to get onto your mate in Hungary to, uh, to actually review the comic for us because he'll be able to read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, might have to. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yep. All right. Well, I think uh, I'll just slight, straying slightly from the run sheet. Um, I am going to insert the uh, Michael Licks reviews here at the 50-minute mark as I look at the screen um, just to uh, mix things up a little bit and uh, get those international reviews up ahead of our, our stories at the moment. So um, I'll, without further ado, I'll hand over to Mikel. Time for another Phantomman review. Start off with issue 20 of 2019. It has a cover by Henrik Sahlström. It's not his best cover, but uh, I, I like Phantomen, uh, especially the face. But other than that, it's kind of dark and uh, you're not my favorite motif. And it features a story. Jan Lafitte's Scat, or Jan Lafitte's Treasure in English. It has a misprinter on the cover. It says uh, Tony DePaul wrote it and the art by Terry Beatty, but that's not true. It's a Team Fantomen story written by Klaus Ramerti and art by Kari Leppinen. Uh, and as I said in an earlier review, that I think Kari Leppinen's the dark panels are really good and the light panels are not as great but overall it's uh, it's a story about uh, treasure hunt i won't spoil the end but it's uh, on par with with the regular team phantom story it's not a highlight and it's not uh, the worst it's 
it's uh, in the middle of the stories and Team Phantom stories is uh, my favorite story so uh, I was satisfied and there's in the editorial pages it uh, talks about the book fair in Gothenburg the biggest book fair in uh, Sweden it also talks about Johnny Hazard that has been a side uh, comic for the Phantomen uh, being probably given out as a standalone book in the future. Next up is issue 21 and look at this cover. I think this is gonna win cover of the year. It's also by Henrik Salström. This is magnificent. It's yeah I really love this cover. Uh, it has Phantom riding on hero with devil on its side and it has these scouts in the background and a big skull and uh, the full moon yeah it's it's great and here the story is actually written by Tony DePaul and Terry Betty it's called uh, Barnslatterna that would translate to the child soldiers so uh, I was under the impression that we would read the the child soldiers of Makar that was uh, published by Fru for not that long ago but it's not that story. It's the story that's called The Ghost Story. That is a Sunday. And uh, I got a bit disappointed by that. But uh, if we talk about the issue, it, it's, it's okay. I mean, it has really lots of uh, old jungle sayings, which is nice. And the story is... I mean, it, it's a good story for a modern Sunday, but uh, I was still hoping for this. The Child Soldiers of Makar. That would be great if that would be translated in Swedish. And in this editorial uh, side here, it talks about uh, that the Team Phantomen universe has has not Dr. Lamanda Loaga for president, but uh, Dalis and Sundays has. And it also says that in issue 24 this year, something big will happen around this. So let's see what happens. That could be really big. To also have the the next issue will be the last part of the this story arc about uh, the fight against Singh with the 22nd Phantoms. So that's and it also will have the story Prince Rex kidnapped by George Olsen, Keith Williams, and uh, written by Lee Falk. And that will come out in October. We also have this uh, subscription offer that you get a fabric bag. And uh, that will be cool when my yearly subscription run out. And from what I've heard in Facebook, those these two new issues has gotten to the international subscribers much uh, quicker than earlier issues this year. I've heard some horror stories that someone didn't get an issue for many, many uh, months. So let's hope this is working as it should now. And here it is, the issue 22-23 of 2019. It also has a nice cover from Henrik Salström. It includes uh, the concluding story of Fight Against Sing and Familie Anlägenhet. That's uh, 
A Family Business, written by Klaus Ramerti and art by Janus Ordon. It also includes the story Prince Rex Kidnapped by Lee Falk and art by George Olsen and Keith Williams. They decided to print that in black and white. Uh, and even though its original was black and white, since it's a daily story, I, I would prefer it if it was colored. But uh, I know there's a lot of Swedish fans that really like the black and white era and hopefully they enjoy it more than... But uh, it's not a great story at all by any means. Uh, but back to the main story, uh, the concluding of the arc. It's uh, it's pretty good, but as I said about the earlier one, it's, it's lots of different storylines. It can be hard to keep track of all of them at once, but pretty good. But it's, it's really good if you have the three earlier stories fresh in memory. And even though this ends this arc, I would say... It's not the end of the 22nd Phantom line. It will. It, it ends with a hint that there is more to come. The issue, as usual, ends with uh, some information about the next story, and that's this story about. It's called A New Hope. Now, it's not the Star Wars story, but about Laga. It's written by Mikael Sol and art by Anthony Spey. It will be really interesting to read that in November. And it also includes a daily by Lee Falk and George Olsen and Keith Williams. Then we have this year's soft cover books. This is the fifth. It comes out annually. And the theme this year is Noir. Last year it was pirate thing. Uh, it uh, starts off very good, I would say, with this uh, Tim Fantomen story, and that is very, uh, very much done like a noir detective story. Uh, and that's, uh, as I said, the Tim Fantomen story by Idi Carelli and uh, Hans Lindahl. And then there is one, two, three, four. No, see. Sorry. One, two, three, four. Um, Lee Falk Cyberry stories from the 60s. Some of them are credited to uh, Ray Moore, but it's Cyberry, all of them. Uh, I can uh, say the names. So the Tim Fantome story is Mistaken Identity and. Uh, Lee Falk's Iberi stories are The Wharf Rats, The Bad Ones, The Satchel, and The Crime School. And then there's a two-page story from the Phantom Strikes issue number three called Final Chapter, written by Andreas Eriksson and art by Nick Roche. Or Roche. And uh, the foreword is also by Andreas Eriksson, if I remember correctly. Yes, and uh, I really like the idea of the theme to be noir, but the 
lots of stories are more gangster stories than noir stories, I would say. But there is this KGB noir that was written in, uh, I mean, published by Moonstone a few years ago. It would be nice to have that, but I guess the reasoning to not have that is that it's too far away from the Swedish Phantomen and uh, it would take over half the book to include it in full so that might be the reason uh, and bad thing about my copy is that the glue or something was bad so lots of papers just fell off in the back of the book I hope to get a new copy from my book seller and I almost forgot the cover beautiful cover by Luca I'm not good at pronouncing name as you know by now Erbetta I think it's a really nice cover it's uh, it would go well as a poster that's all for me this time happy phantoming all right, thank you very much, Mikael. We do appreciate your work. And yes. as I said, anyone who is in uh, certainly Norway, Hungary or Brazil, uh, probably we would prefer if you can speak English. I must uh, must probably add that writer <laughs> um, to, to review though your nation's comics for us. We'd really love to hear it. And I know that yes. our listeners would as well. Yes. All right, so that means we can get on to the Australian um comics and, and you can hear us review them in our broad Australian accents uh, and of course we're talking about through publications and uh, we're going to start with through 1849 and now I can't actually lay a copy my hand on a copy of this so I hope one of you guys has got it and can hold it up to the screen for the YouTube listeners there you go Jermaine L both boys thank you very much lads um, now this is uh, the second part of Guardian of the Eastern Dark the Mountain of Doom is the title of the, the second part the story by Mikel Sol and uh, illustrated by Cesar Spadari. And, of course, it also contains um, Heart of Darkness, parts, uh, Chapter 6, Part 2 in the Dungeons of the Tower. So let's go with Guardians of the East and Dark, Part 2, Mountain of Doom. Um, Steve, I might ask you to uh, let us know what you thought to begin with because uh, you weren't with us when we reviewed Part 1. So maybe if you'd like to cover both parts and then, Jermaine, you can chip in with your thoughts on Part 2 in particular. So, uh, so part one was the bloke on the zebra, wasn't it? Correct. Yep. Who who was a bit he was a bit dodgy. He was in it for himself. Um, he's trying to get trying to get up the the rungs of a ladder on a in a cult leadership type thing, if I remember correctly. Yep. And um, so he's brought the phantom into this cult, and I think the the leader, who happens to be a woman, um, does what just about every woman in power does in a, in a traditional fan story and falls for the phantom and wants to have him as her husband. Um, am I, have I remembered this correctly? Yep. Yep. Um, now their lair is in a, it's not out in the desert. It's not out in the forest, not out in the bush. They've decided to build a castle in the middle of a volcano, which of course is going to end well for anybody. It is a cool. It is a cool location, though. It is. A, yeah, it's like something out of James Bond, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or Indiana Jones, or something like that. Yeah, Indiana Jones. Yeah, actually, yeah, Temple of Doom type. Type uh, vibe coming. Yeah. Uh, the the cult. They, they say they're scientists and, and things like that, but they're a bit incestuous. Um, when I say a bit, I mean very. Um, 
And I don't want to give too much of the plot away. I'm trying to remember much of it. I think most people have read it, so we probably don't need to... Don't, uh, well, I, I think if you're listening to this by now, um, it, it is three or four issues ago. Uh, yeah. Fair to say that you can push, press pause on the podcast and go and read your comic if you're trying to avoid the spoilers. And it's a oh. and it's a chronicle. Um, uh, yeah, it's well. features uh, the third it, phantom. Second third, yeah, third phantom. Fantastic cover there. Yeah. Oh. Re- really putting in the, the flourishes that the third phantom you know could have had, being the uh, the theatrical fellow that he was. So, did you enjoy the story? Uh, I remember enjoying it as I was reading it. Yep, but uh, as what happens a lot, I, I tend to forget the story <laughs> afterwards, and I didn't make any notes when I read it. I, I, just, I was back from Ireland. I thought, what am I going to do to to relax? I don't know. I've got about a dozen fan comics that I need to read. Mm. So um, I read it. I enjoyed it. But yeah, it was about one of half a dozen or, or a dozen that I that I read to try and catch up. Mm. Now. I must admit, I enjoy the story, but the I think the the elements or the background of the story, like with the whole Scientology type of aspect, it almost seemed in the wrong location, being in the Third Phantoms era, if you know what I mean. Like, and that might have been one of the reasons why I didn't enjoy it as much as I probably would have normally. It just felt like it was the wrong Phantom. Yeah. Yeah, I think no. it was a more modern fan that could have been doing more with the scientists. Yeah, it would have probably fit, probably would have um, fitted better if it was more of a modern phantom. Mm. Yeah, I'd, I'd 100% agree with that. It, it does uh, very much uh, tie into or draw on the Scientology um, religion or cult or whatever you want to call mm. it. Um, which um, I haven't looked this up, but I reckon that was um, developed in the 1950s or 60s. So it's quite a recent um, uh, creation, for, for want of a better word, and uh, to suddenly park it in the early 1800s um, or even, even earlier, 1500s, wasn't mm. it? Uh, just, just I, I, I yeah. think the thing you're confusing cults here, fellas, from what I've read about Scientology, it, it hasn't been quite what's in this comic. No, maybe not, but no, uh, it's not. But there's, that, but it was very much about those scientists. Elements like, yeah. yeah. Well, if you look at page eleven, I'm holding up the picture as well. Like, uh, like there's you know like there's the vats and stuff like that. Like in these panels here, it just seems you know almost like almost like a gaslight type of error. You know, it might have done a little bit better in the in, in the gaslight type of phantom yeah, or perhaps. modern as well. Um, you know, it it just but that's like, I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the backstory with Queen Para and you know them going through the the Phantom and Queen Para with his second wife. I enjoyed that, that but I just felt that. Oh, yeah, that's right. I just felt that the um the science element was maybe a hundred or one hundred and fifty years too prior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it struck me as one of those stories that, um, you know, probably went down a lot better in uh, Sweden or Scandinavia than it did for Australian audiences. Um, yeah. And and um, I, I hope that it, that's not an expectation that I bring to Egmont stories as they arrive, but it certainly is a common experience. That is. Yeah, it may well be. <laughs> um, but you've just said you didn't enjoy it particularly either. So, um, yeah. Yeah. 
won't, won't go down as one of my favourite stories of the year. To no, be. no, no. The art's good. I enjoy the art. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, but uh, I enjoyed like the page 18 onwards where the temple's starting to fall down and the phantom has to go find his wife and then he has to rescue the kids. And, you know, that was quite fast paced and it was enjoyable. Like, you know, him trying to get out of that. And it was very Indiana Jones, mm. Joan-ish. Mm. And so I enjoyed that part of it. I just didn't, I just, it's not that I didn't enjoy it. I just thought it might've been, and I don't really know where the title comes into it either. Well, Mountain of Doom, Temple the of Doom, Indiana Jones. No, 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 The Guardian of the Eastern Dark, part one and part oh, two. Oh, okay. I, I, I just think that, that, I love the title, you know, the whole concept dark is great i just think that was kind it of wasn't it wasn't it mentioned in the first one i can't remember yeah i don't know i just mm. all right well um hand on heart i did not uh read heart of darkness so i've got no ability to review that at all um so you need to tell me what you thought um i i mean i do enjoy them they are harder to get into and then i'll I'll probably think if I wasn't doing this podcast, I probably wouldn't be reading them as, as intently. Um, and, you know, we're back into a history story. Uh, we see the Phantom's eyes, which is a little bit of a bug there. Oh, that's mine. Yeah, I didn't like that. Um, but, you know, the, you know, and then him being captured again and then put in a burning building, I kind of like that. So the Phantom with his uh, boots off as well. It's, it's, it's yeah, all that. All He's not really captured though. He was well lulled into a false sense of security, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what I like about this, and you talked about Indiana Jones before, where Indiana Jones came from was like those the movie serials where yeah. you go to the, the cinema and and um, yeah, and then the the hero would be would be trapped on the edge of a cliff and oh, how's he going to get out of this next time? Yes. And that that. Is has yes. been a constant throughout just about you know, every mm. episode of, of Heart of Darkness. How is he going? You know, they put the Phantom or whoever, Diana, um, in an impossible situation, and you got to wait to the next issue for him to get out. Yeah, which is real, um, you know, old school storytelling. So, mm. um, yeah, if you were getting uh, these every fortnight, it would be it would be a, a perfect oh yeah, as well yeah, absolutely, yeah. um. Yeah, if it, yeah. If it was done every fortnight, uh, yeah, absolutely. You'd be hanging out to see what comes next. Mm. But um, yeah, poor old Phantom gets screwed over by this fellow who's just who he's just helped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Won't spoil the story for you, so you can read it up when you read it in one hit, uh, Dan. Later, but um, yeah, yeah he, he, right. he, well, he gets down to a dungeon and he ends up in a burning building. There's a there's a fair bit happening in this story. Yeah, there is. All right. Well, um, I enjoyed it. You probably haven't convinced me to go back and read it, but uh, I'm pleased. Jermaine <laughs> is very keen to move on. You will, listeners will be hearing uh, Jermaine's timer go from time to time. He's now waving the next comic around, telling everybody he needs to get onto it. Um, I'm going to say right now, Germ, you can shut your timer down for us talking about this comic because this is going to go longer than our your six minutes or four minutes or whatever you you're allocating us. Um, because the next comic we're talking about is issue 1850, A Day at the Races, and uh, this uh, is a special comic for a range of reasons. We're all holding it up and waving it around now. Um, uh, the racing carnival here in Victoria? 
Yeah, well, it is spring carnival, um, <laughs> and perhaps it should have been coming come out a little bit later. But that's all right. Um, it, I think they very deliberately timed it to be eighteen fifty, so it was a nice round number. It has that little bit of extra impact, Jermaine shakes his head. But uh, I think there's that level of thought that goes into it. Um, oh, no. I reckon you gave him too much credit. Sorry, I, I really give him the credit <laughs> because um, we happen to know that this story um, was submitted to through over a year ago and uh, has finally come out. It's the, the issue by Matt Kine, um, who is a uh, guest, previous guest of the podcast, um, or number 68 or 69 off the top of my head, when we talked about um, the Demon, which is a character that was based on the, on the Phantom and in the style, drawn in the style of Ray Moore. And A Day at the Races is very much drawn and written in the style of, um, I guess, the Ray Moore era Phantom. Mm. And uh, Matt's done a, an incredible job of replicating... Um, as best as possible, I think, um, yep. the Raymore style. Yep. Um, he's written in a Lee Fork style from that era. Through have done full credit to the story by releasing it with a previously unpublished cover image by Tessa, who was uh, drawing Phantom covers in the 80s and 90s. And, um, and also, not only have they included the yellow title bar at the, cro- at the top, which takes us back to that 800-900 era um, of Phantom comic, but also have done it in the newsprint uh, rather than the glossy paper uh, covers that we're, that we're used to. So it really is quite a nostalgic feel uh, to, hold this, to hold this book up. So um, that's, the, I guess, the introduction to or, or the overview of the comic. Um, Jermaine, what did you think of A Day at the Races? Okay. Um, I have, there's, there's, there's elements that I absolutely love. There's elements that I'm not completely sold on. And then there's parts that I think might have missed the mark. Um, so I loved the nostalgic feel. I reckon this would be a perfect uh, replica replacement, which we can discuss later. Um, I, lo- I did like how they, they took it back to an era, an era where fans you know, love, people love that yellow bar for whatever reason. So I thought that was good. Uh, um okay the story confused me a little bit in the sense that i wasn't really sure what the main part of the story was was it the development of the phantom's love interest or was it the actual adventure with the whole race with it being fixed and with the bomb and stuff like that and i've not really uh, and so there was that bit that like there wasn't, I wasn't really sure on what was the main bit. And then when the Phantom foiled the bomb with the horse, they just decided, oh, let's just capture him and just shoot him. And then it was kind of almost like, well, why didn't they do something like that in the first place? It was like they were almost being too elaborate for their own good just to make the story longish and stuff like that. So I was a little bit confused about that. Um, the artwork, majority of the time, made me feel like I was reading a Ray Moore story and I, and hats off and I, I believe and I've said it on the podcast before that um, that Matt Kahn's style is probably the best that I know of of an artist who could probably draw in a, in a Ray Moore story. Um, I felt the text, the font was too small in the in the speech bubbles and in the like tomorrow and, and stuff like that. I, f- I just felt that was too small. And then some of the grading, the shading, I wasn't, 
I thought sometimes it was almost too much shading as well. So that's probably areas that I didn't like. But overall, I think it was a good issue and I'd like to see Fru do this maybe once or twice a year. What about you, Steve? I'm, as Jermaine's talking there, I think I'm the complete opposite. I didn't like what he liked and I liked what he didn't like. Um, uh, the, the shading and, and what have you and, and the text, that really brought me back to those early Phantom um, stories, the, the, those early Raymore um, stories. Um, and I didn't think they were too small and I wear glasses and I can see Jermaine doesn't. So and I thought they were... <laughs> right. um, like I only wear my glasses when I'm reading and yeah, I, th- I thought it was fine. Um, and I thought it, it suited the, the style that it was uh, written or, or or illustrated or presented in, you know, it, the, those panels are, are small. Like you've got one, two, you've got four rows um, per comic. Sometimes you might only have three um, with, you know, big spaces in, in between each, each line, um, which gives it that, that really old school feel um, yeah, from that era. Um, the, the story with the love interest going as a subplot to the, to the main story, that's, you know, remember that, you know, constantly with um, with Lee Falk stories, um, um, yeah, you can't you constantly be frustrating reading it. Seeing, you know, why doesn't he just talk to the girl? Why doesn't she just talk to it? And there's a um, yeah, an old saying. Well, if they did that, there'd be no story. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so that, that yeah, that was an, another element. You know, that that uh, harkens back to to yes. Year, which which I didn't mind. Um, you don't want to see that in every single story, um, but but it suited this well. So it, it places the story before before the fans married. So which is that Ray Moore era. Um, so I, I like those, and as a whole, I, I really like the story. I thought it took a little while, a little long to get into it. Um, I kind of feel that he's used ten pages to to say what he could have done in five. Um, that's probably my biggest critique of the whole thing. Um, it took me two goes to read it. Um, yeah, I read about the first. I probably read the first ten pages, then was called away to to do some chores in the house. Then I came back and really enjoyed the the, the next twenty odd pages of it. Um, so take that as you will. But, but I thought that yeah, it starts probably a little slow, but it really kicks on after that. Um, and I like the story, um, you know, some elaborate um, plot to to was it bring down society or bring down the Maharaja, whoever it was, the um, the, the the leader, um, which is what you want in a old school bad guy, some elaborate scheme that you know one bullet could do it. But where's the uh, th- uh, theatre in that? Hmm. Well, look, I however, hold- so that's all the stuff I like. I hold. I have no nostalgia for this old newsprint style feel of the cover. I have no nostalgia for that yellow. Oh, I've frozen on the um, on the camera here. There we go. I have no nostalgia for that gold bar at the top. Um, I think it makes it feel a lot cheaper. I know people love it for some stu- uh, strange. I have no idea reason why they'd like a comic that feels like something back in the 80s or whatever i don't mind it looking like something like i like the the old school was it tessa who did the who did mm. the front cover i really like that but i really like a, a comic that looks like a, a, a quality or feels like a quality comic with the with the gloss 
to cover and that sort of stuff. And you know, the the free crew are going to say, "Geez, we can't can't please everyone." Even Steve's bagging us for a, for a cover, and um, I am. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it it does have that that old nostalgia, cheap newsprint paper feel, um, which some people, like I said, are longing mm-hmm. for. I am not. All right, I don't mind this being one stuff. Like Jermaine said, put it in with the. Actually, no one put it with the with the annual. I'd put a poster or something in with the annual. Um, would you would you deal it, with it like once or twice a year? Once, once, once a year. Yeah, once a year. Okay, um, and it works for. I wouldn't say Matt Kimes going to do a story every year. Maybe he he'd love to, but um, maybe if they do an old school. Um, way more or something. but then why would you need to do that if they're just coming out in the collectors you know that 200 to 1 series anyway so I don't know um, within the covers I liked it like, apart from the slow start I really enjoyed the, the old school feel of it I don't enjoy the old school feel of the, <laughs> of the cover but I realise it's a total package and I see why they've done it um, just don't make a habit of it <laughs> yeah. okay strong words um I yeah, hear came on, on the long run on that one. <laughs> you did, you did, you, you, but you softened up first. I'm probably going to go the opposite way direction because I, I hear everything that both of you guys said. And uh, while I don't agree, I acknowledge the points that you've made. I don't necessarily agree with all of the points. Um, probably, if I'm if I start with the criticism, um, the only criti- the only critique really I would have of this, I guess, is um, along germs lines around the dialogue and the size of it. Um, I, I probably felt like it was a smidge overwritten um, in the same way that Gaslight, it, it reminded me of Gaslight in the way that that was overwritten in term, a little bit. Um, I thought that there was elements where I, I disagree that you, you've taken 10 pages to what could have been done in five, but I think sometimes there are sentences that are 20 words long that could have been 10. Um, yeah, uh, it's on the same train. Yeah, um, yeah, but but I wouldn't shorten the story at all, and I wouldn't take any elements out of it at all. I think that he's done a marvelous job of um, identifying uh, ye olde Lee Fork tropes and and bringing those in. Um, probably the only bugbear there, I'd say, it's oh, slightly wrong. Was there was a um, there was a oh, the 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 sixth last panel, if you like, um, on the last page where the Phantom says to Devil um, that Diana would be better off with a stay-at-home Johnny. Um, my recollection of that quote would be that it's a stay-at-home Robert. Um, but other than that, I think he's absolutely nailed um, the Lee Fork style, except that Lee Fork was yeah. probably a little bit more succinct. Other than that, well, I think all of the criticisms that you guys have raised, I actually see as real positives. Um, I think that the, the fact that... I did the same, Steve. I put it down for a little bit during my first reading and walked away and came back to it. And I actually think there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's a really great way to read a comic. Um, And it speaks to the fact that this was written in the structure and style of a daily. Um, I think that it's been been written to be able to put down and come back the next day. And you could probably read three panels at a time, come back the next day, and it'd be quite an enjoyable story. And I think that stories of Lee Forks, and if I if I think of the Governor and Susie, for instance, that was a rambling on and on and on story that was a little bit repetitive in places, um, and, and just took much longer than it could have. And I think if Lee Fork produced that today, he'd probably get exactly that same criticism that you've just raised there. Was well, why couldn't you be more succinct? Why couldn't we get this thirty-page story down into twenty-two and and then have a heart of darkness at the end or whatever? Um, I actually really enjoyed it as that sort of um, 
rambling has a negative connotation, but I want to say it in a really positive way um, of that the story did keep progressing. Um, I thought I agree with what Germ said about the, I guess the overall idea was a bit fantastic, but I, I would take Steve's case there of saying, well, that's old school villain. Yes, we're going to do this really elaborate way to kill one person who, and if we kill that one person, somehow that's going to upset the balance of power throughout the world. So that's a bit unrealistic, yeah. but as a but it's a it's a comic book, you know. Mm. So so I was prepared to just enjoy that, and I um, I, I really enjoyed the story, and I'd love to to read more of um, Matt's writing. And the drawing um, was a little hit and miss. There's some panels where you go, oh, that's um, that's clumsy, um, but that was you know two percent of the panels. The the vast majority uh, well, of them, what I think, wasn't the drawback. No, I didn't really no. like those one or two panels. It's like, uh, yeah, even Ray Moore missed yeah, the mark occasionally. Exactly. So, so as someone who's one the oldest one of us and was reading and collecting Phantom comics when you had the yellow bar, yeah, and stuff like that. So, what what are your like? Did how did it affect you as someone who has got that nostalgic type of feel? Did it? Yeah. Did it excite you? Did it warm your heart? Would you like to see it more? Would you like to see it again? I think there's, uh, it did warm my heart. I, I don't know that excited is the right word, but I did, um, you know, it, it really was. The, the fact, sorry? I was just trying to get a word from you. You don't have yeah, to yeah. use the word excited. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, it, it, it was. It, it did sit you back and go, oh, wow, this is what it was like to read a comic yeah. when I was 10. Um, and, and that's Steve to answer your question, why people got excited about the yellow bar because, yeah. uh, and it probably is people of my vintage and maybe a little bit older who, um, is it what raised the bar again? No, that's, that's a terrible <laughs> pun. Um, for about eight years or more, this was how we, we enjoyed our Phantom comics. And, um, yeah. I got into Phantom comics probably just before, probably four or five years before the yellow bar came in. And so through a really formative time, the yellow bar was there. And so that's, um, that's what a phantom comic looks like um you know in, yeah. according to my my memory of reading them at that age yep. um the 32 pages is bigger the new story um even the yeah. oh I, I really like those yeah I, I, I like those elements and yeah when i when i first started that there was the newsprint style cover but we didn't have the gold bar i have no love yeah. for that gold bar yeah fair enough yeah um but i do think that there's a real danger in um overdoing it I don't yep. think that even once a year, um, I don't think I'll even do it that often because nostalgia is nostalgia because it reminds you of a bygone era. If suddenly that's the new era, then I think you've, you've overcooked it. Yep. Um, you, so you would go, what, once every two years, three years? Uh, no set, set schedule, just when it's appropriate. And the right story came along right. in this instance. They, yep. they, had the, yep. they had the Tessa cover that they'd found in the cleanup after they purchased the through after Jim Shepard that he'd never used. Um, so it was, it was a bit of planets aligning. Um, if so, the planets were yeah. to align again, by all means, but I don't think you go chasing it. Um, yep. Should yep. Matt Kime do a, a, a sequel story in the same way that um, we've seen in the trade paperback? Absolutely. I would love to mm. see him do some sequels to Raymore stories. Um, but that's what mm. I would chase. Anything else that comes along, by all means, yep. grab it. Um, the idea of deliberately doing something like this for the replica, the, to replace the replica, and we all know it's it's going to be really interesting to see what Fru do with the annual this year because they they're firmly on the record. There's not going to be the replica, yeah. so it'll be interesting to see what comes out. 
I really hope that they do not go down the path of including something like this every year for the annual because I think it would get tired too quickly, um, whereas it, it has its place here. And I think it would get lost. Like, this deserves to be on the newsstand by itself. I think if it's if it's tucked in the bag with the annual, I think it would get lost. And, and um, yeah. there's too much work that's gone into this for it just to be a freebie uh, bonus. Um, yeah, I'd be yeah. really fascinated to see at the end of the year what the sales figures are of, for through this year and does this one um, sit above the rest. And I, I suspect it, it will. I really do suspect it's going to be a... Is that uh, because everyone reading it ripped the cover so they had to buy two? Oh, maybe. Um, I don't think it's any more rippable, but uh, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be a lot more people who are just walking past mm. and it jumps out at them because of the title bar because they, that's how fandom comics were when they re- were reading them 30 yeah. years ago. Yeah. I think you've, you've spoken really well there, Dan. You probably did the best review of the three of us. <laughs> I waited until you guys had already gone and hit all the key points. <laughs> <laughs> you did that. That, was, no, that was good. And the, the critiques that I had there were probably... The, um, I was probably going a bit bit over the top, you know, 10, uh, was it 10 pages to say, five pages worth of stuff. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, the, it was really, really dense. Like the, mm. like you said, sometimes it was really overwritten and yeah, I, I found that it was really, really dense and yeah, that's, yeah, I didn't mind having to do a, a, a chore or something just to, to break yeah. it up. Um, but yeah, your point about, yeah, written in that daily style and, and that's mentioned there, you know, tomorrow. Yes. You know, it, 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 which I think is a really clever, you know, for him to have concentrated on. Yeah, you like that. No, I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. no, I, I enjoyed it, um, and uh, so would, what out of ten would you give it? Oh, I'll probably give it a six or a seven out of ten. Have the I'd, whole package. Whole package. I, I'd be closer to eight and eight and a half probably. Um, probably yeah, even a nine. Like I really, I really like it. And you know what? It's it's interesting. Even the um the the Phantom Adventures ad on the back. I think it looks better in the old school newsprint um, <laughs> because it's a, it's a nineteen fifties uh, ad, and uh, I, I think that looks better there. So. So what yeah. about you, Steve? Well, the total package, they're, they're pretty much nailed it. They've set out to mm. to do something, and and they've and they've done it. So as a total package, you, you can barely take a point off for it. Um, the only way you'd, you'd take points off, you know, maybe you didn't like a couple of panels in there where the where you said, you know, that basically a bit clumsy. We've done for the last bit. ten minutes. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah. My turn into focus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we'll park eighteen fifty there now. Anyone who's got any other contributions because obviously it's a bit of a landmark issue, and that's why we've spent a bit more time talking about it. It's 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 going to stand out. When we look back at 2019, I think this is one that, uh, like like it or love it, it's going to stand out as being something different. So, um, if you've got any other comments, um, you know, put those in the in the comments below. If you're watching the YouTube video or um, hit us up on Facebook or whatever, um, and reply to the links. There's a there's a comment board underneath the uh, the page on Chroniclechamber.com as well. So, by all means, we'd love to to hear from um, listeners and viewers to to see what you think. All right. Um, now, it's ironic in a way that 1851, which followed immediately after that, <laughs> is a replica series. It's number 21. It's been anticipated, um, certainly by us for a little while, that this is going to be finally the the unveiling of what we, you know, we've sort of read the tea leaves, that they seem to be doing the same cover for every 10 issues, uh, for, sorry, for 10 consecutive issues for the replica series. And we were waiting to see um, what was coming up. And Jermaine's holding it up now. 
in the uh, in the YouTube. You can see it there on the screen. Um, brand new image, a really stunning mm. image too for mine. What are your thoughts on this one, guys? Yeah, absolutely love the uh, image. I'll tell you what I really enjoyed was the artist, actually the cover artist, he actually wrote a post about what it meant for him to draw the phantom and, on, and uh, on Facebook on Facebook and we've yep. shared it on our social media. So if you go to chroniclechamber.com on Facebook, you'll be able to dig it out. But for me, that was probably the thing that I loved the most about this issue was reading his story. What was Just, the artist's name again? Oh, I on purpose didn't do it because I forgot. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right there, open up your, open it up. Isn't it in the cover? Uh, yeah. It's actually not. It's actually not. Um, it's not in the oh. cover. Um, oh, I, I feel like it's Clayton something that's going to be wrong now that I've said it out loud. Hang on. Where is it? I'll keep talking about it while you look that up, Jim, because you'll be the um, greatest one to find it. Yeah, um, Clayton Barton. Oh, it was Clayton. There you go. There you go, mate. So, in reading Clayton's story, that's what I probably got the most out. Was like, you know, here's a young guy, and he's a young guy. We've we've got these artists like with with ja Jamie, Jeremy, uh, Grange, and you know, and some of these other ones, Paul Mason, some of these other younger guys, our our vintage. Mm. Um, who read the fan and who've got the same love for the character who grew up on the character as much as us and now they're getting to do it and their love is coming back their love is getting stronger and that's what I probably got the most out of this was that yeah for sure um, so do you like the cover? I do love the cover but I like the story behind the cover even more okay it's um it, it's it's obviously following a theme in the sense that the first yeah. um ten issues were the photo of the of the monkey's bust and actually if I slide a little bit this way you can probably see one of those there so it's just a photo <laughs> of the of the monkey's bust and then um the, the the eleven through to twenty were the Eden Smalls um take on the Phantom Bust which was a sculpture and we got a photo of that and now we've got an, an artistic rendition basically of a bust. Um, mm. I really it's, it's blue though. What are your thoughts there? <laughs> See, that doesn't bother me. I just thought it was like shading. It was in the shadows. Yeah, like you know, at night time or something. Like that. Yeah, down yeah. by the bog. It's it's probably there's a hint of purple down here. Is probably. <laughs> to be fair, all the Phantom comics that you read and then you grew up on, the Phantom on the cover wasn't purple it was great so <laughs> i just thought i'd raise the point um the stories inside um we yeah, we don't yeah. often spend a lot of time on the bad. uh the internals of the <laughs> you know, case in point well that's purple the very first one um case in point um i haven't i haven't actually gone through and reread these comics uh this time have, have either of you guys not these ones yeah, but that's one, mainly right? because yeah, they're, they're great stories. And, the, and, the, and that's the problem with the, in my opinion, with the replica is that there's nothing wrong with the stories. It's the presentation that's, that's the problem. Well, so the presentation has changed or do you want, you want the presentation to be different inside? Because I must say, I spent a bit of time looking at this and then as soon as I open it, I'm like, oh, that's right, this is a replica series and that's what this looks like. So, yeah. yeah. I do hope that we don't have 10 of these and suddenly yeah. everyone's getting tired of Clayton's image by the end of it because it's, because, it's, it's, a, it's yeah, a ripper. It doesn't, it doesn't deserve that. No, no. Yeah, you know, I reckon five max than yeah. one from Clayton. Yeah, um, yeah. 
it's just because it's, it's a brilliant image, but I don't want to be sitting here in two years' time going, oh, yeah, another image from Clayton because yeah. that's doing it disjust, not doing it justice. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, now, we need to move on to Phantom's World number 10. Now, I'm going to get you guys started talking on this and I've got to work out how to plug my laptop in because it's about to die. Um, so I'm going to do that while you guys get started on that. But Phantom's World number 10, um, it's got the filming cover on it again with almost the target there. I, I really like the image on the back. Um, it's got four Italian stories. The first one is by, um, well, the, we don't know the, the authors of any of these. Uh, the first story is uh, Storm of Madness by Raul Bozzilli, or sorry to our Italian listeners that I've completely stuffed up that. Um, and then the last three are all, uh, last three stories are, I guess, we think probably issues two, three, and four of a, uh, of a longer story or, or a, um, a sequence of stories, um, all by uh, Mario Pedrazzi as the, uh, as the artist. So um, I'll, I'll hand over to you guys to, to have a bit of a chat about those while I um, plug my laptop in and get the power happening again. Sounds good. Did you read it, Steve? No, nah, so this is going to be a quick one, so you can just go for it. Or didn't oh, okay. you read it either? No, 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 no I've read it. I'm, this, is, this is actually because Phantom's World's been a little bit hit and miss, which yeah. we've all commented on it. But the first story I th- is good, but the, the elements is a little bit dated in a sense that the way the Phantom deals with the bad guys who are all these mentally insane people in the family knocks them out and deals with them a little like he wouldn't he wouldn't deal with them if that story was type written today because yep. you know the product of his time yeah exactly mental health and stuff like that is a there's a there's a, a lot more awareness and stuff like that in today's world than there is back then um but the art's brilliant it's big panels there's lots of phantom in it um so yeah i, I did like it but i think I think like something like this, like it's it's good to see it and for it to be included, but it should be at the back of the page. Like you know, like sometimes when you have, um, you know, when you because the the last three stories are the, are the are the better stories, and so they would have been better if they were at the front, and then this other story could have been the filler at the back of the back of the comic, kind of almost hidden. Like you know how we all <laughs> have that 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 crazy uncle or or something that you only invite around at Christmas time and you kind of hide him, you know, at, at, at <laughs> weddings and stuff like that. That's kind of like what this first story is. It would have been better at the back of the comic, kind of hidden in a way because it's not as strong as the first three stories, mm. in my opinion. Um, I really enjoyed the last three stories. It would have been nice to kind of get the, the prequel or the, the fourth story that was the first story, but... I think it didn't really matter too much. Obviously, majority of us have never read it. So I was able to get into this story and being able to follow it. And it didn't really, wasn't really jumpy. Like sometimes if you don't get the first story, it's like, hang on, why is this? Or why is that? Or you get confused. It wasn't really the case in here. So um, really enjoyed the last, the last three stories. And the artwork is amazing. And the storytelling is pretty good as well. Um, so, what about you? What about you? You've already had your say, Steve. He hasn't. Read I haven't it. read it. Okay. So I was being sold on it by Jermaine. Okay. Well, if I was going to sell it, 
Um, I, I, I came back in just as Jermaine was talking about the order of the stories and the only possible, the, not only possible, the explanation that possibly is for that is that they are in chronological order and that A Storm of Madness was uh, Le Umoro Muscarado 76 and the, uh, the other three yeah. stories are... Um, after that, into the into the hundreds. So um, maybe maybe Dudley's decided to do them in chronological order. Otherwise, I think you you made a fair point about uh, possibly reordering those. Um, I would direct you, Steve, in the first instance to Dudley's message from the publisher because I actually thought this was um, a really informative. And a yeah. lot of the time, I don't like to read the message of the pub from the publisher until after the fact. But the fact that I read it beforehand, I thought in yeah. this instance was quite handy. Yep. Um, he did what I probably would have asked him to do with the Phantom Adventures book, which was to give a bit of a um, a, a mention about the contextualization of the story. Um, I'm not sure if Jim mentioned it, but the, yeah, yeah. So the fact that the inmates were treated um, poorly or, or talked about poorly, um, Dudley explained why and, and gave some contextualization about the yep. time period and all that sort of stuff, which I thoroughly agreed with, and I thought made the story more palatable as you read it yep. because you sort of had a moment to, to set yourself. Um, and because I, I think I think you raise a good point. If if there wasn't that context beforehand, you probably would have read it and you would have gone, "Oh, I'm not sure about this." But because you had that context, you're like, "Okay, I can live with it." Yeah, and you can enjoy the comic for what it is, yeah. rather than being off put or put off by it. So it's a very good point. Yeah. Um, and then his explanation that um, we had these two stories and then it became evident that there was probably a prequel. Mm -hmm. So we got that and then we translated that and we put it in. And then we realized, oh, it's probably a sequel to a prequel and we don't have that. And mm -hmm. oh, he's in, and what do you do? This is publishing. Yeah. And, and so he explained that. And so therefore... I thought it was great. Yeah. yeah a little bit of a, a peek behind the curtains to find out, well, mm -hmm. here's the reality of what they're dealing with and, and um, the... Mm -hmm. the the trials that they go through to bring us these comics. So, and then one was originally translated. They couldn't find yeah. the Italian version, so they got the French version. That was so it went Italian to French, back to English. Yeah, I, yeah. I just it was it was great to get that peek behind the curtain. Yeah. So so I enjoyed that, and and I probably didn't um, miss what I guess was issue one out of these four, which we don't have, but I didn't miss that until probably right at the end of issue four, which had those, I guess, ties back to the very beginning. Yeah. Um, and particularly, and this is a spoiler, Stephen, sorry, but you should have read it. Um, there's a, <laughs> <laughs> there's a, um, the Phantom. Press pause Phantom and work. come back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if you want to press pause right now, Steve, um, the, the Phantom does escape at the end by using a gift that be, uh, that Garan gave him. I'll, I, there you go. I'll, I'll explain that. I won't tell her what it is. Um, he mm. get, escapes using a gift that Garan gave him. Now, we didn't know that Garan had given him a gift. That's when we found out. So maybe the, that information was in episode uh -huh, one. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, again, without Dudley's explanation, that might have been a criticism. As it is, yeah. we go, okay, fair enough. So... Um, two questions about Phantom's World. Well, three, I guess. Number one, um, we do have an ad at the bottom of Dudley's thing for Phantom's World 11. Now, I was led to believe, perhaps by myself, that Phantom's World 10 was going to be the end of Phantom's World as a run. I thought it was 12. So we're going to see another two, you think? I believe so. Okay. But don't quote me on that one. Okay, Dudley. Um, Jermaine says 12. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as if he listens to me. <laughs> <laughs> and if he did, would he pay attention? <laughs> uh, uh, probably. 
Sorry, Steve. You thought it was twelve. Oh, there you go. Maybe it's just Dan that doesn't pay attention. Yeah, maybe it's just me. Um, <laughs> the okay. Question two. Um, does the fact that we are seeing all of these Lumo Mascarado um, reinterpretations and translations does that increase or devalue the issues that you may have collected um, of the Italian comic, the original? As someone as someone who collects these sorts of things, Ooh, I imagine that you've got a few of these comics in your collection, perhaps even these books. Um, I've probably got about, I think I've got about two two hundred plus of them. Right. Um, so from the from the Italian French version, it's a very good question, actually. Um, no. If anything, it probably makes me want to get them even more and complete the set. Um, that's a very good question. I've been putting on the spot here. So, uh, yeah, probably because I'll probably want to get more because probably, I guess, before I was mainly collecting them for the cover. Right. Uh, but now it's like, oh, these stories aren't that bad, you know, and then maybe I could use the, use the app on my phone and actually read them. Which yeah. we've got a post about if you want to go on chroniclechamber.com. All right, um, cool. So, yeah, so that's, that's a very good question. I think for me, it probably values them more. Okay, cool. Um, we'd be interested to hear listeners' response to that cool. one as well. Um, and finally, I think it just stays constant. I don't think it goes up or down. Just, I don't, I don't think it matters. Yeah, I, and I'm probably in that boat too, Stephen. I, I asked that question of Jermaine because I know he collects them and, and neither you or I do have any of the Italian comics. So. <laughs> Um, final, final question, I guess, about a Phantom's World, um, and I guess it's to do with the the concept of Phantom's World. It was pitched at the beginning as a way of bringing to us stories from around the world um, that we may not have seen before. Now, this is ten um, of the collections. There was those two or three standalones prior to them announcing it as a, as a separate issue, um, and I reckon of the ten, nine have been Italian gatherings and there's that one brazilian um are you what do you think about that are we a bit disappointed i up front i'm a bit disappointed that we haven't seen more than just a bunch of italian translations yeah i think a lot of it comes down to the fact that the italian ones are a lot more readily available Mm -hmm. and then maybe because i remember in the brazil one they did talk about how they had issues with the translation from the Brazil. So maybe the translator is more um, confident in translating Italian than, mm. say, Brazilian or Turkey or German. I would also say that... Um, what? Not Brazilian. Oh, Brazilian. Yeah, okay. Well, no, I was talking about the Brazilian comics, mm. not the language. <laughs> but, yeah, valid point. Uh, um, I, th- I think also... The German ones that I've seen are very poor quality. Um, so they probably don't really deserve that much of a look. Like if we're complaining that half of the Italian ones are very hit and miss, hmm. the German ones, from what I've seen, are even more miss than these ones. Yeah. Um, it would have been nice to see more Brazilian um, comics because it just it widens our experience yeah. now. Yeah, and I guess that's what I was sort of looking forward to with the concept of Phantom's World. That's what I was sort of expecting. Yeah, but I think a lot of it's got to do with the fact that the Italian ones are probably more readily available than the Brazilian ones. Mm. Mm. All right, fair point. But I think that's a a very good point as well. 
All right. Um, any other comments on uh, Phantom's World Germ before we move on? Now, I must, I must admit, now, a lot of people, there was a lot of people commenting that they haven't got their issue yet. Um, yeah, I, think, I had to go and get this off the newsstand, actually, because I, my subscription hasn't arrived. Yeah, and so what I think's actually happened, because this is what happened with me, and I'm not completely sold on, their, on what, how it transcribed, but I think what's happened for a lot of people is that when they got that giant size renewal, that was actually the end of their subscriptions for the three that finished at issue nine or issue 10 or whatever. Mm. So the reason why they haven't got the next Phantoms World one is because their subscriptions actually ended. Now, in my opinion, Fru didn't really explain that too well. I had to actually talk to someone at Fru and then they explained, oh yeah, you know, the, 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 tran the, the subscription ended and that's why you haven't got this issue. You're going to have to buy it. But then the other question that I have is that if you buy issue 10 from the free website, you don't get the universe cut at the same time because you're not buying, it's only part of a subscription. Mm. So I think it's, I think that's a little bit messy, that whole type of thing. Now, I think through might've been a little bit better if they had explained why they're not getting their issue when they sent out the subscription notification. It was, well, it might've, been a little bit better if they had said you know you 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 have one or two issues of phantom kid phantoms part of your subscription ends here you're mm. not going to get phantoms weld you know so i think that might have been a little bit could have been a little bit more clearer i'd agree with that because the the subscription notification that i got if i remember rightly because mm. it's a month or so ago it came with a giant size and it said mm. that giant your giant size subscription is over you need to renew that and it was yeah. the the 32 dollars or whatever just yeah. for giant size and it's a hundred and something dollars if you've got all yeah. four of the the phantoms world and the kid phantom so there was no option to resubscribe to to Phantom's mm. world. So. Well, they're not having the subscription for that. But then the problem is, is that people like you and I who want that, mm. it was not explained. It, it, it probably would have been better. Look, we're not doing a full subscription. Yeah. However, if you still buy it from our website, we'll include the universe card yeah. or, or, or something like that. So I just yeah. think there was, and I wasn't the only one who got confused in the same. No, I certainly was. And, and I'm still and, a little bit filthy, to be honest, that you, know, you may not be able to see it on the camera, but I had to remove the sticker and there's a bit of residue there. So uh, <laughs> not excited about that, um, but it's Phantom's World, so I'm not going to get too stressed about it either. <laughs> That's all I get mine from the, from the comic shop. No stickers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My but, comic shop doesn't stock them. You've just mentioned um, the Universe card a couple of times. Are, are, are the Universe cards going to be um, like a casualty in the in the demise of Kid Phantom and Phantom's Good World? Question. I don't think so, purely because of, of a past conversation that, of past comment that Glenn made on Facebook when he said that. We've got them all printed and then we just grab them. We just grab one in no particular mm. order and include it with a comic. They so will. I would say that we're probably just going to be in with giant size, yeah. but we're not going to get them as regularly. Well, that's only, yeah, that's going to be only mm. four per year instead of 12, mm. isn't it? So it's going to be, mm. I guess that, that uh, means that their stock of universe cards is going to last them a whole lot longer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, that, no, that's a good point. Thanks for, for raising that one, Steve, because the universe cards, uh, they're, they're certainly an addition to my collection that I really enjoy. And, uh, yeah, I like them. 
and uh, I, I get a second one for Gus as well as a 10-year-old to um, um, find out a little bit more about the Phantom Universe. And he enjoys collecting cards mm. and it's a great way for him to meet characters from stories he hasn't yeah. read yet. Um, so yeah. anyway, hopefully they will continue. All right. Um, now, we... Coming to that part of the run sheet, uh, we say that we've got others here, um, the Brazilian comics, the Mythos comics. Now, I have asked already if people would like to review those for us. Uh, we do know that the at least one of these is just, a, just I say just, it's not just, is a reprint or a, or a Brazilian. Oh, Jermaine's waving them around. Looks like he's got copies. Um, so talk us through them, Jermaine. Really, Jermaine. We, can't read, we can't see them. That's, <laughs> I'm trying to like, you know, like say, oh, I've got them, I can actually talk about them. Now, the you were in a thumbnail why... there and I still saw them the way you were semaphoring around. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why we want people to do it is because it takes time for me to actually physically get a copy to be able to review it. Okay, so this is of the regular series, number one, O Phantasma, number one. Um, it's got a different cover, uh, which I can't remember. It's very it. glossy. Yeah, it's very glossy. It's a glossy, um, it's a thick, like you can... Well, this this would be right up Stephen's window. It's uh, completely the opposite of 1850. Mm, that's it, very the opposite. <laughs> now... These are all news stories for uh, for the Brazilian audience. The majority of them are teen Phantom Men stories. Um, and this is actually includes two stories. Um, now, the thing that gets me with this is that the majority of Brazilian fans have no understanding of the current story arc when it comes to the teen Phantom Men stories. I.e., this story is about Sala having her baby, part one and part two. Oh, well. It's a very... <laughs> Can't believe you bothered to get that all the way from the other side of the globe. Chuck it straight in the bin. <laughs> all right. It's, it's, a very <laughs> odd, it's a very odd choice of stories to include. Whether you... doesn't matter where you sit on the whole argument, whether you like it or not. To include a story with no backstory and where you've come in three quarters of the way and... Yeah, there's a for those who came in late, but you don't know anything about about Sandal. You don't Sandal. know how mm. you don't you don't know anything about her, and then you're getting a story as your first issue. I just think it was a bit of an odd choice. The paper, the the paper, the the quality of the of the comic is top notch. Um, I must admit, I actually enjoy Henya Bade in color more than what I actually thought I would. Um, so. I enjoyed it. Um, I think the the Brazilians enjoyed it more because um, so they can read it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's issue one. I don't have issue two yet, and issue three is just about to come out. So, what was the other one you were waving around? Okay, the other one is the Chronicle D or Chronicle Chronicles Do Fantasma number one. So what this is, this is the reprint stories of the dailies and Sundays and stuff like that. Now, most people have seen that cover before. And then you've got the back cover, which is from the old Pioneer comics. Now, it's a square bound. I'm not sure if the video is doing that. And it's a quite a hefty book. It's smaller than, say, a mm. normal comic, as you can see like the two of them together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a digest size. It's um, now it's in black and white. It's got um, it's got a couple of pages of backstory, just about the history of the Phantom, 
about the stories. It's got Jungle Patrol, so it's a nice classic story. Um, it's got this. What story is that one? Um, I can't remember the story. Let me click on that link. That will actually tell me the stories. It's got the frame up, the scarlet sorceress, the is is Manny Cannibals, which has got the Marshall sisters in it. Diana and the bank robbers. So that's you know, um, got Diana playing a phantom, and then also the honeymooners as well. So it's all there's one story of Ray Moore and the rest of Wilson McCoy. The panels are very good. It's a very good top quality print. The print is better than what we see in the replica issues mm. um, for obvious reasons. So there's been care done in, in this production. Um, so I believe these come out once every bi-monthly and then the regular issue comes out once a month. So I think they're up to number three of this already um, where there's only been one of this. And then there's been the trade paperback issue which has got the ring which i am getting one of those sent through as well mm. so um yeah so it's exciting to get some of the stuff and um, i'm looking forward to uh continually getting them so this is number one number two is coming out in october so it's it'll be out like or it's already out or just come out so mm -hmm. That was October. This one came out in July. So what's that? July. So every two or three months. Cool. All right. Very good. So that's um, those. The next one I want to review is I just want to make mention of this. That's not from uh, Brazil. No, no, no. So that's all of Brazil. And this is the next one. Mm -hmm. So this is just the Hermes one. This is the Sunday's one. Now the main thing. So I for those people who are on. not watching the video, Jim, can you, which, okay. which volume? Okay, so this is volume six, which covers 1956 to 1960. Cool. So this is going to be the last of their Wilson McCoy stuff. So everything mm. they do from now is going to be Cybari, which I think people are going to be more excited in picking up. Now, we've all seen Herms. We know the quality. We know the dust jacket. We know how heavy they are and stuff like that. One of the things I just wanted to make mention, which they have copped a little bit of criticism, is... And I'll, this is up on the videos, but also so Stephen and Dan can actually see it, is the difference in the Sunday. So there's one with three tiers in black and white. There's one three tiers in colour. Hold it up a bit. And there's, uh, one, I and there's one, I'm trying to actually see it as well. And then there's one in two tiers mm. in colour. So that is, there's another one with another story. Um, so this is probably, it's a little bit of a bugbear with some collectors that the fact that, you know, you've got three tiers, two tiers with the two tiers, you're probably, you're missing out on a couple of panels at the top. Um, and while it does detract from the overall production, I think it's, it's still okay in the sense that you still get the story and it's better quality than what we've probably seen before. I do think some of the coloring is a little bit, that it hasn't really, it doesn't look like it's been touched up. Um, now they do make mention why they haven't got, um, where was it, in here. They do talk about why they haven't got three panels in color. 
So if you do get it, I think it is it is worth getting it if you can afford it. Um, but they do explain it. But overall, it's still a pretty good product. Mm. One of the things we know about Hermes Press is that the um, the product that they produce, it's, and, and, you know, time is a criticism of them. We accept that. Yeah. One thing that is universally acknowledged is that the, the quality is the best that they can possibly do. And um, if they yes. have only included a two... Um, a two-row yeah. strip instead of the three. It's because the three probably doesn't exist. Um, yeah. They would have moved heaven and earth to try and find it. Um, so, yeah, f- fair enough. People can, can sit back and criticise it, but um, I guess the, the gauntlet would be laid out then. Well, you go and find the three pa- the, the three rows. Yeah. And Dan has done that and yeah. no one's come back. Yeah. And, and, and the fact is, is would they then delay it by another two, another year? Yep. In the hope of finding it, or do they release it with the best they can? The best they can. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And I think it's worth doing. Yep. Yeah. Uh, very good. All right. And um, look, for, for people who are listening to this as a podcast, and we, you know, that we know that that's the vast majority of our audience. We are starting to pick up a, a lot more viewers and commenters on our YouTube channel since we've moved to this new software and the better videos. Um, just those last five or ten minutes of Germ showing us the Brazilian and the uh, and the Hermes press books um, really validates, I think, going and having a look at it on YouTube because um, um, I've really appreciated the look at those um, and those are books that I wouldn't actually otherwise see because uh, they are at, um, beyond my reach or uh, whether that's uh, people that I know in another country or um, the credit card won't stretch that far. So uh, good end germ for bringing those to us and um, I, and we hope that our, our audience enjoy having a look at those. So um, go and check that out. Well, right. I, I must I must admit I was a little bit worried when uh, Jermaine T was going to show us his Brazilian, but in the end it was, uh, <laughs> it was all good. <laughs> Touche. All right, well, I don't think we can do anything better than that. Well, let's move on. Um, Jermaine's um, lost it. There we go. <laughs> we, <laughs> we said that we were going to keep this short and we well, we sort of have, we sort of haven't. Um, we, got, we, we got carried away, but I think for good for good reason um we're going to move into the uh the outro now though um thank you very much for for listening um or or watching um we hope that uh, you enjoy what we do we certainly love what we do and um we we love the fact that uh, that a a few hundred or whatever it is listeners uh tune in um and listen um if you if you really appreciate the the website the the social media work that jermaine does uh the podcast whatever it is, um, and you feel like you could help us out do what we do, um, then feel free, of course, to head over to our Patreon page, uh, patreon.com backslash Chronicle Chamber, um, or there are links on our, on our website, chroniclechamber.com, um, and, and help us out in any way that you can. A dollar a month, it all makes a difference, um, and it helps us do some of the things that, uh, that we do, including things like bring those lightning strikes books to Australia and send them out as, as gifts or, or prizes or whatever. Mm. Um, you do have access to the P3, the Phantom Preservation Project, which is a, a vast bulk of uh, digital mm. Phantom stuff, a treasure trove, if you like, um, as well as getting some uh, first access to some news as well as um, seasonal prizes. And, and there's a whole raft of things that we try to Should we talk about the next seasonal prize. Yeah, by all means. What what have you got coming up for us, German? This is I know this is a okay. personal project of yours that you you're really enjoying. Yes. So the next seasonal prize, basically for the videos, I'm just holding up now. So these are the trading cards, but they're just not normal trading cards. They're actually trading cards signed by the actual artists. So the next seasonal prize that you will be able to choose nine that you want that's in this pile. We've got probably around another twenty out. So just a bit of a sample. 
There's a signed card from Keith Williams, uh, Jan Balecki, uh, Marcelo Baez, uh, Reno from the Philippines, uh, and then there's a couple of others that we got previously uh, from the last one. So there's a Jeff Weigel, there's a Jamie Johnson, Jason Paulus with a bit of editing <laughs> in the back, uh, Daniel P- uh, uh, there's a Paul Mason, and then there's a Shane Foley as well. And then there's a whole heap of others that we've got coming as well. So, hmm. so the next seasonal prize for our Patreons will be that you get to choose nine of these. Yeah. And so that we, we say seasonal because it, it comes out at the start of each season. So 1st of December is when um, summer starts. So anyone yes. who is the, who's a Patreon member as of the 1st of December will be entered into, into that, uh, that raffle draw. So um, all details of that are on our Patreon page, which is linked, as I said, from our website. Mm. Um, Oh, see, now I'm reading all of those dot points of germ saying oh, I'm going to show the cards, etc., etc. Should have had a look at those earlier. Uh, the Jim Aparo comp coming up. What's I wasn't surprised at all because I was reading the I was reading this run sheet. Okay, <laughs> so we've been given this book to review, and the review will be coming up very, very soon. And again, for audio listeners, what's the book? Okay, yeah, I'm getting there. The, the book <laughs> is the the Jim Aparo's complete Charlton comics hardcover book. So. For those who may remember, it's like the Don Newton one, but this is for the Jim Parra one. This one actually came out first. So we've got this. We've got a review, which will be coming out in probably the next week or so. And then once that comes out, we'll be having a competition for this. And how you can win it will be on social media. So make sure if you like this book and you want it delivered to you for free, make sure you keep an eye on us on our social media, and then you can be in the running to be able to win that. Excellent. So that's a see. We do it for long enough, and finally, you're offering me up a decent segue. Um, our social media links. If you want to keep an eye on those and give the get the opportunity to win that Jim Aparo book from Hermes Press, um, you need to be on Facebook or, or, or follow us on Facebook. Uh, where there is the Chronicle Chamber. Uh, no, it's not. It needs updating. We're just ChronicleChamber.com on Facebook now, or you can also be in touch with us via the Phantom Collector Group. Um, because we are admins of that. On Twitter, we're at Chronicle Tweets. We're on Instagram at Chronicle Chamber. We're not yet on TikTok, but I need to have a uh, word with the boys about that at our upcoming AGM. Um, as always, you can. You guys got, a, got a good ideas for our, uh, our upcoming TikTok account? I'm against TikTok only because I get sick of the ads and I want to watch YouTube. <laughs> I would have thought as a music teacher, you'd be all over TikTok. I, I, I know the kids Come on, TikTok, time's it, got me. <laughs> I don't know what TikTok is. All right. Um, in the meantime, of course, uh, if you're not technologically savvy enough to know what TikTok is or how to follow us there, um, you've, you've found us here on iTunes or Spotify or whatever it is that you're listening to us via. So make sure you hit the subscribe button so you can keep in touch with what we're doing. Uh, or you may be all over your other apps for Android, like it's a, a Podbean player FM. Cast box, listen notes, whatever that may be. So, um, thank you very much again, everyone, for listening to us. Uh, thank you, Jermaine and Steve, for sitting down on a Sunday night and talking fandom. It's always a great way to end the weekend. And mm. uh, looking forward to uh, catching up and doing it all again in the near future. Yeah, and uh, congratulations, Steve, for staying awake. And uh, Dan, you did a good <laughs> job in trying to keep this as tight as possible. <laughs> <laughs> 
And that's said with a tongue very firmly planted in cheek, I know. But that's all right. Um, once we get talking fandom, it's hard to, hard to stop. So anyway, yes. until next time, everybody, um, happy fandoming. Happy fandoming. Happy fandoming. But you won't find the phantom. He finds you. Phantom.